Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. All right, but uh, I'm super excited. Those will start next week, all right? Now, we are in this series called Frequency, and ultimately, this series is all about tuning in to God's voice. We're learning how to, like on a radio, to, to turn the knob and, and to get that, that, that our frequency tuned into what God is saying. And so we have a key verse for this series. It's from John 10. It's verses 3 through 5. And it's Jesus essentially painting us a picture. He's telling a story. And in the story, Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And, and he's done this on purpose so that we can understand the, the relationship there because sheep have this ability to key into the voice of the shepherd and ultimately to follow the shepherd to clear out all the other noise. And Jesus is saying we need to be like sheep. So here's, here's the verse. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, what Jesus is saying is that, is that, that God is a speaking God. And, and that's what we've been rallying around in this series is that God does speak there's some denominations or some organizations that will tell you that, that God isn't speaking anymore today, that, that, that he stopped speaking after the Bible times and that all we have to now go on is his voice from the word of God. And that is true. While the word of God is his voice, God is still speaking today. And so, and so we have a God who wants to speak to us. And some of you say, well, I don't hear God's voice. Well, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. And so we've got we've to learn how to tune into God's voice and to hear him. The verse continues. It says, and when he brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So the, not only is God speaking, but the devil also has a voice, and he'll use it to speak to you, to confuse you, and lead you away from God's voice. But we need to learn how to distinguish God's voice, uh, between God's voice and the enemy's voice, and, and even between the voice that's, that's in our, our own heart. And that's what we're doing today. And so here's where we've been in this series. Week one, we talked about, about being, ha- having a heart that is prepared to hear God's voice. And so if you missed this message, understand that it's foundational for you to understand how God will prepare your heart in order to be able to hear. And then in week two, we talked about God's desire to speak to you and to facilitate that friendship so that, so that you know God in the way that he knows you. Week three, we talked about why God even wants to talk to you. Why, why does God want that? Why does he desire that? And then how he goes about doing it. Because in the Bible, there's about 12 different ways that I can identify that God speaks to you. But the way he speaks to us most often is through that, what the Bible calls the still small voice or the whisper. He, he has this prompting. He speaks to our hearts. And, and so we talked about how, to, how, how and why God wants to do that. And today we're going to since we know he's speaking and since we, we understand how he speaks to us and why he wants to speak to us, we need to be able to help understand, is this God speaking to me or is this bad pizza from last night? You know, like, is this just what I want? Is this the voice of the enemy or is God really leading this way? And so how do you know? You know, last year, many of you guys know this, that I ran for city council and, and one of the things that, that I did as I ran through city council week before the election, 
I, I came to prayer and I said, you know, guys, I'm not going to ask that you, uh, that, you, that you pray that I win. Yeah, there you go. There's the t-shirt right there, Aaron DeLong for city council. <laughs> he came walking in this morning and I was like, you know, it's really funny that you're wearing that today because I'm talking about that today, but <laughs> yeah, not here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. It's just done. Uh, oh, right. So a week before the, the council, the election actually happened, uh, I came to prayer and I said, you know, I, I'm not just asking if you guys would pray for me. Now, I'm not asking that you pray that I win the election, which, by the way, I didn't win the election. Still hurts inside. But cookies help. I just want you to know that, all right? So I, so I didn't win the election, but before, I was like, you know, would you guys just pray for me that I have peace? Anybody, anybody out there identify with that? Just, I, I know that whatever I'm going to face, it's going to be what it's going to be, but there was a lot of pressure on me socially and publicly to have won this election. There was quite a few people that had invested financially and put their time into me, and, and so there was a lot of pressure, and I just wanted to be able to sleep at night because I was just stressing about it so much. And so, so we had our time of prayer, and, and uh, I walked to the back of the room just to have a moment of time with God afterwards, and, uh, and a young lady walks up to me, and she says, I feel like God's told me to tell you something. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations, but that's always one of those uh-oh moments, because you don't know what they're going to say. I feel like God told me to tell you this. Like, what's going to happen? What are they going to say? Is this really going to be from God, or is this going to be bad pizza for them? You know what I'm saying? And so this young lady, what she said to me was... God, God's telling me to tell you that the reason you got into this election was not to win the election, it was to reach a people group, and he wants you to know that you've reached them. And I immediately felt that in my heart, because that's what the Holy Spirit was already saying to me anyway, leading up to the election, and so I was like, all right, th this is totally a God thing, and I received that. But, but she could have said any number of things. And, and, you, and if you never had that happen to you, where somebody comes up to you and says, thus saith the Lord, and uh, if they say it that way, that's like old school, like King James Version, thus th saith the Lordeth, like they just add the TH on the end because they're, they're like trying to be holy and stuff. But if somebody ever comes up to you and says that, you're, you're going to listen. And, and you never really can be sure if it's right or wrong. You say, Aaron, how can that happen? Well, it has to happen. It, it has to happen in the church nowadays. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to say something to somebody, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're off. But if you're going to follow that leading, that prompting, you have to say yes. And sometimes you're a little off. It even happened in the Bible. It happened to Peter. Peter is one of Jesus' closest friends and his closest follower. Jesus had three, Peter, James, and John, out of the 12 that were close to him. And Peter, in one moment, is hearing God's voice because he looks at Jesus and he says, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, no. The only way you knew that, he didn't say no. He's like, that's right, but the only way you knew that is because God told you. So you're hearing God's voice, and then the next moment, Jesus is telling the disciples how he's going to go to the cross and die, and Peter's like, no, you're not. That's not going to happen. And it's like, it's not going to happen, Jesus. And Jesus is like, get thee behind me, Satan. You're way off. So, so in a matter of moments, Peter's hearing God, and then he misses God, and it's just going to happen. We, we are going to miss God. We're going to misunderstand what he's trying to say to us. But what we need is the beauty of this verse. Check it out, 1 John 4, 1. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. So, so every prompting that you feel in your heart, every leading, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Now notice that's plural. That's not singular. That's not just test the Holy Spirit. That's test the spirits because the Holy Spirit speaks, but so do other spirits. So do other things. And he's like, hey, let's just test it to see whether they're from God. 
It's like, it's like the guy who come up to you and say, you know what? Well, God spoke to me and he told me to leave my wife and go live with my mistress. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I know that that's not God's voice. That, that's, that is just not real. That, that is, that's not going to happen. You say, well, it, but it feels right. Well, I'll bet it does. Uh, I'll bet it does. I'll bet that's something that you would like. But let me tell you something. You're listening to a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit that's telling you to do that. That, that's just not something he would say. Even Proverbs says this. There's a way that appears to be right, but he, in the end, it leads to death. And many of you, you're like, well, the, the voice of God always sounds like the thing that me, would, would make me the happiest. Like that if I did it, whatever I'm feeling inside, that voice that I'm hearing, if I did it, it would make me happy. And you say, doesn't God want me happy? I'm gonna tell you the answer. And you're not gonna like it. No. There is no verse in the Bible that says God wants you happy. There is a verse that says God wants you holy. And your holiness, meaning you're being separated unto God, meaning you living a life that, that follows his best for your life, meaning that you pursue his desires for you and the way that he would have you live your life, that's holiness. And that if you pursue that holiness, it will lead to happiness. But the Bible is very clear. Those of you that are just pursuing whatever makes you feel happy, that voice inside that is leading you towards happiness and not holiness will lead to destruction. And that's not where you want to be. It's very clear that we can miss God. So what do we do about that? Well, that verse told us that we need tests, that we need to test the spirits. And so today I'm going to give you four tests that I use in my life that will help you test that spirit, to test that prompting. And the first one, which is the most important, uh, is does it line up with the Bible? So that leading, that prompting that you have in your heart, does it line up with the Bible? Because God's voice, what he's speaking to you directly, will never contradict his word. It, it, it'll never happen. Everybody say never. never. It, it'll never happen. What you're hearing in your heart is never going to contradict what God's word says. There's a perfect example of this, and, and by the way, I'm not picking on it, but this, this example in particular involves divorce, and, and, and it's just one example you'll find in the Bible, but Jesus is talking to the religious leaders about marriage and divorce, and they, and they came to him in Matthew 19, it says, to test him, and they asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And I just love Jesus' response to this. He says, haven't you read... Like, because he knows, he knows that they're religious leaders, and he knows that they would have had the first five books of the Bible memorized. That would include Genesis, which had the, the record in it where God said, here's a man, here's a woman, marriage is meant for them, and what I have put together, let no man take apart. So Jesus is like, haven't you read? I mean, he knows that they would have had it memorized. Don't you know what God has to say about this already? Why do you need my opinion? I like that approach. In fact, in this, in this day and age, there's a lot of things people are asking questions about, and they want answers to them, and they want to go outside of their Bible, and they want to come to me, and they want to go, hey, Aaron, what do you think about this? And I, loved, I love that I get to answer, I have no opinion on the matter. God's word says this, I'm not in charge of it, I'm not responsible for it. God's the one who said it, and if you don't like it, take it up with him. I mean, that, that's the nature of God. He gets to decide what's right and wrong, what's best for our lives. God gets to decide that. And so I don't have to have an opinion. I don't need to weigh in on it. I just need to know, haven't you read? Don't, don't you know what God's word says about it? 
And, and just, just for the record, I'm not picking on divorce. I think that, that for too long, pastors and churches have picked on people that have gone through divorce. And I'm going to tell you, if you're here today and you've experienced that, know that God's not mad at you. He's not upset with you about that. God loves you regardless of, of what circumstance you found yourself in. In fact, we, we at this church believe you can come as you are. It doesn't matter what your issue is, you can come. It doesn't matter what you've been through or experienced, what decision you've made in your past. God's not mad at you. In fact, I'm convinced and I believe that, that because 50% of, of marriages are, are facing divorce, that's just the numbers today, that, that even if you've gone through a divorce, God can and will redeem anything and everything in your life for his glory. And that is just the truth. And so, so I, I think it's been picked on for far too long. And I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm even a divorcee. I got divorced many, many years ago. And I, and I believe today that God still uses, uses and loves people that have been divorced. Amen? So if you come under any kind of condemnation, you can be free in Jesus' name. That was just for free for you. I just wanted you to know that. It's not where we're going today. But in Luke 21, it says this, And though all heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words remain forever true. Listen, God's word doesn't change. No matter what we'd like it to say, it, it just doesn't change. There's a whole lot of people that take God's word and they wanna, they wanna make it say what they want it to say. They do what we call taking it out of context. They look at a particular verse and they say, well, I'm gonna make it say this because it fits my agenda. It fits the way I wanna live my life. And, and, and that's what they try to do. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll remove it from what we call the full counsel of God in other words, they remove it from the Bible and say, okay, this one's going to be my little precious. It doesn't matter that the rest of the Bible has stuff to say about this. I'm going to hold on to it. It's kind of like the guy who's sitting in front of a whole pizza who thinks he can eat it all. And people are sitting around him going, listen, I don't think you can do that. And he says, well, Philippians 4 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So there's that. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like you're, you're taking that verse out of context. Although some of you know you could slam a whole pizza on your own, right? I mean, I could... But that's not what that verse is talking about. So, so we take it out of context, and we can, we can make it mean anything we really want to. The devil even did that when he was tempting Jesus. Jesus went, went and fasted, which means he didn't eat anything for 40 days and 40 nights. You can read the account in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. But, but the devil came to him and tempted him, and he said, and he twists God's word. He's like, didn't God say? And Jesus' three responses each time was, it is written, it is written, it is written. He dealt with temptation by just saying, this is what God's word has to say about it. This is what his voice has said. I, I don't have to have an opinion on this. It doesn't matter how I feel right now. It doesn't matter how hungry I am. It's written. And so our first test is what does God's word have to say about it? Our second one is, will it make me more like Christ? Like this is a, this is a, this is a pretty important one. Like will the thing that I feel being led to do in my heart, will it lead me, like if I do it, if I follow that leading, will it, will it lead me to become more like Christ? Will it, will it transform who I am? Will it make me more like Jesus? Because, you know, that's, that's our goal, right, is to become more like Christ. Now, to be clear, you don't need to become more like Christ before salvation. Salvation is a free gift that you get. You can't earn it. You don't need to clean yourself up before you come to Jesus. That is a, a misconception. And, and for too long, churches have told people that, that, that you have to go out and change who you are in order to come to church. Listen, again, that come as you are on our, on our door means exactly that. You can come as you are. You don't need to change who you are. That's Jesus' job. Once you come to a relationship with him, surrender your life to him, learn to love him and follow him, Jesus will clean you up. That's what he does. That, that's his job, not mine, not yours. And, and unfortunately, I think too many of you at some point in time have wound up coming to a church and you didn't find Jesus, you found religion. 
And religion is all about what you do. And so people have told you, you've got to change how you talk. You've got to change how you dress. You've got to do your hair this way. You've got to live a certain way in order to come and get to know Jesus. And that is just simply not true. So be free. When you come to a relationship with Christ, you'll get to know him and he will transform your life. Truth of the matter is, if you could change on your own, you'd have done it by now, but you can't. You need Jesus. So just, just accept him. Just accept him. He'll do the change in you. Once you surrender to, you, to his power or to surrender your life to him, he gives you power to be transformed. And ultimately, the more you know God, the more you spend time with God, the more you become like God. The more you follow him, the more you do things that would make you more like Jesus, the, the better. And at Simple Church, that's what we want for you. We want you to experience life change. We want you to find a way to know God better. You know, that's one of the first things we believe God has for you is for you to know him. The second thing we believe for you, for, that you have in your spiritual journey is for you to find freedom from your old way of being. How do you do that? You get to know God better. You spend more time with other people that are following Jesus too. That's, there's two primary environments that we offer at this church for you to grow and get to know God better. First is in our growth track. Growth track happens every Sunday during second service. Right now, there's about 15 people in there that are taking step four of the growth track, getting to know what God's plan and purpose is for their life. And we run growth track every Sunday. There's four simple steps to understanding that. That's your first avenue to get to growing and getting to know who God is. The second one is something we call grow groups. And grow groups launch next week, but you can sign up this week. But there's a, there's a really important one in there. There's an important group for those of you that are brand new Christians. And I just want to tell you about it. It's called our Christian Essentials Group. You know, there are people that come to this church that, that when we look at this verse, just throw me up one of the verses on the screen. Anyone will be fine. Perfect. There we go. Do you know that, that little Philippians down there? There's some people that don't know what that means. They're like, oh, I read what it says, but it always got some kind of name right there. What is that? And then there's, there's a couple numbers with the dot dot in the middle of them. They don't know what that is. No, you're laughing because maybe you've been in church all your life and you know that, but there's plenty of people that don't know Jesus at all, and they certainly don't know that, that that's a Bible reference, that Philippians is the name of the book, that two is the chapter, and that five is, is the verse, and it's just a way to categorize and arrange the information so that we can find it. There's people that don't know that, and so we have this group called Christian Essentials. If you're brand new to the faith, Christian Essentials is the group you should sign up for. It'll help you, help you understand, hey, this is how I walk this out. This is, this is the basics of Christianity. But, but those are our two environments, and we, and we want you to grow. Because as you grow, you become more like Christ. And, and that's what will help you know if you have a word from God. As you grow, you become more like Jesus. Because everything that he'll give you will make you more like him. Look at Philippians, that, leave that verse back up there. If you took it down already, you didn't, good. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So all of your promptings, all your, I think I'm supposed to say this, or I think I'm supposed to do this, or I think I'm supposed to give that, or I think I'm supposed to go here, it, it needs to, to, you need to answer the question, would me doing this make me more like Jesus? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we take captive every thought. That's all your, I think God says. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if I follow through with this, will it make me look more like Jesus? Now, some of you say, like, like, like I said before, you're too new to this, and so you have no idea. You've got no idea what Jesus would do in that situation. You're like, I want to know, but I don't know, so how do I know? Here, here's a quick answer to that. There's a list of what, what it would look like if Jesus did it. It's found in James 3.17. It says, 
but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first all pure. So if the thing that, that God is leading you to do is pure, that you feel like God's, like, all right, it, God's word is, is, is in line with this, it's pure, is, is it then peace-loving, which, by the way, that will probably save you from a lot of text messages you'll send or posts that you'll make on Facebook or comments that you'll make. So is it, if it's not peace-loving, is it considerate? Is it submissive? Is it full of mercy and good fruit? Is it impartial and sincere? This is a beautiful list of what Jesus would do. Is what God's leading you to do, does it, does it look like that? And it'll guide, this list will guide you when you're facing all kinds of difficult things. So here's our first, we have our first two tests. What does God's word say about it? And then answering, does it make me look more like Jesus? And the third one is, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? Now this is one that, that I have done in my life. I wanna make sure that those that are, that, that are over me, my mentors, my pastors, that, that if there's a big decision I have to make, if it lines up with God's word and it'll make me look more like Jesus, like, is this just a good thing that I feel like I need to do, or is it a God thing? And so I'll seek godly counsel, and, and, and I'll make sure that, that, that I know that they agree. Because if there's disagreement, then, then I know that I probably need to pause or I need to slow down. Like when I ran for city council, before I did it, the very first person I talked to was my boss, my wife. Ladies, you missed a great place to amen right there. You just, if you want to just show people you're in agreement, you can say Amen. Just let your men know that you're on board with that. I talked to my wife, and we prayed about it and said, you know what, as long as God's got this door open, I'll continue to walk through it and to run for city council. And then I called my pastor, and I said, I said what do you think? And he said, if God's opening these doors, I think you need to walk through them. You need to step through every opportunity that he has for you until he closes the door. And then I called my pastor's pastor, the guy that's over the, the whole network for the state of Ohio, and I called him and I said, what do you think? And he said, Aaron, he said, I feel like God's, God's already spoken to your heart on this. I, I think that, that God's opened the doors, and I think you should walk through every single one of them until the doors close. And I was like, that's three people in my life. That's godly counsel that has agreed. And so I, I stepped out, and I did it. Why? Why did I test that spirit? Why did I ask those kind of questions? It sounded like a good thing, right? I mean, based on our, our values for this city as a church and as a pastor, wouldn't I have just done that? No, I wanted to know. Because there's good and there's God. I'd rather have God. So Proverbs, and the reason why I ask the questions, Proverbs 12, 15 says this, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And again, in Proverbs 19, 20, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Look, you want to be counted as wise? Seek godly counsel. And when they tell you something that's contrary to what you already want to do, discipline yourself and do what they said. That, that's what it's saying. You want to be wise? Do what your godly counsel says. Because oftentimes what they're going to tell you to do, you're not going to agree with it. And you might have to grit your teeth and just bear down and just do what they're telling you to do instead of what you want to do. You know, when it came to, to the city council stuff, I didn't want to run for city council. No, understand when I say didn't want to run, I wanted to follow Jesus and his leading. But I didn't have any political ambitions. I'm not a political kind of person. I mean, I have political leanings, but I don't talk about them. I don't post on Facebook about them. I don't share them with anybody. They're mine. That's for me in the, in the voting booth. But, but I don't talk about those. I didn't want to involve myself in this world and, 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 and involve myself in politics and potentially have to choose side and be labeled a traitor one way. I didn't want to do any of that. That, that, that was not my ambition. 
but I did want to follow after what Jesus said. And so I did. That verse continues and says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Just in case you need another confirmation, check this out. Proverbs 24, surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Now listen, here's what I'm not saying. When I tell you to go find godly counsel, what I'm not saying is to keep going, asking godly counsel until you find somebody that agrees with what you want. That is not what I'm telling you to do. Because I promise you, whatever is in your little heart to do, you will find somebody that is willing to tell you whatever you want to hear just so you'll like them. There is somebody who will scratch your itching ears, which is what the Bible says. They will tell you whatever you want to hear. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to find counsel that agrees. Find counsel that agrees. Because people will search out. They'll look for signs. They'll look for signals in the sky. They'll look for all kinds of stuff. All kinds of things to justify what they already want in their heart to do. They'll, they'll look for it. It's kind of it's like saying, like, I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever been out here on Broad Street in Reynoldsburg, but there's a Krispy Kreme out there, all right? Yeah. And as you, wow. <laughs> and as you roll up on Krispy Kreme, they got this thing called the red light or the hot light. And when that hot light is lit, that means the donuts are fresh right then. And if you've never had a hot donut from Krispy Kremes, you need to help yourself and go do that, okay? Because when they're hot, they just melt in your mouth. You don't even have to chew. You don't even have to chew. I think you could eat it with a straw. I don't know. Not in California, but you could here. Anyway, so. I didn't make the laws or the rules. I'm just talking about them. I didn't even weigh in on it. Calm yourself. But they're But they're wonderful. And it's like you sitting at the traffic light just before you get to Krispy Kreme and go, all right, God, if you intend for me to get a Krispy Kreme, you let me drive by and that hot light will be on. And you drive by and the light's not on. And so you drive through the Kroger parking lot, come back out to that light and say, all right, God, if you want me to get a Krispy Kreme, you let, I mean, you can circle around as much as you want. That hot light's eventually going to come on. So, you, so you'll find a way to get what you want. But I'm telling you to seek Godly counsel. We, we need that, all right? And here's the last one. The fourth one is, do I have peace? Now, this is the one that I, I personally seek. Once I know what God's word has to say, and, and once I'm sure that he's speaking to my heart, like that I know it's going to make me look more like Jesus, and I know that my godly counsel is weighed in, the last one is, do I have peace? Am I settled about it in my spirit? Am I, because here's the thing. You understand, we don't worship an external God. We don't worship a God that's far away from us. We worship a God who's close. In fact, the Bible says he resides on the inside of us through his Holy Spirit. That, that's who he is, and that Holy Spirit is there for so many reasons. It's an entire other message, but one of the things that he brings you is peace. And it's not peace like the world can give. It, it, it's nothing like that. It's, it is a peace that only he gives, and I pursue that peace. First Corinthians says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I, and I want that peace in my life. You know, before I became a pastor, one of the things that, that, that I had to do was eventually quit my job. And I came to my wife in January of 2012, six months before I was to take on. You guys know I was initially supposed to be a campus pastor for another church, not plan a church. And obviously that didn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. But, but anyway, six months before I was supposed to be a campus pastor for this church, 
I came to my wife and I said, babe, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me I need to quit my job, which doesn't make any sense on paper. I don't know how many times you've ever faced that situation where you feel God is leading you to do something that doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't make sense relationally. It doesn't make sense in your schedule. And yet he leads you to do it. And so I came and I said, babe, what do you think? And she's like, well, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, I know. She said, well, if, the whole, if God's leading you, we need to pray. And so we grabbed hands on my couch and we, and we had a very heartfelt moment with God. And when we, when we stopped praying, we both looked at each other, had tears in our eyes and had peace. And we knew what we needed to do. And so I drafted my resignation and I turned it into my boss. And you're never going to believe what happened. When I handed it to him, he said, I can't let you quit. He said, I, I need you too much here. I was managing a, a, a doctor's office, multiple doctor's offices, and helping him develop uh, more of those offices and opening them up and, and uh, expanding his reach and his, and, his, and his kingdom, I guess you could call it, you know. And he said, I, I can't have you quit. He said, here's what I need you to do. He said, I need you to give me a six-month notice, not a two-week notice. And he said, and in this six months, here's what I'll let you do. I'll give you every Thursday off so that you can spend it with your pastor. And he said, and anytime you need to come and go, he said, we won't worry about days off anymore. He said, you can just come and go and do ministry stuff as you need. He said, on top of all that, he said, I just need you to hang out here and make sure the new guy will hire somebody, and you just make sure he gets trained. And I was like, so you basically just want me here just in case all day long? He's like, yeah, that's pretty much what I need. I said, okay. He said, and I'm not going to touch your salary. You can go ahead and keep that. Now, let me tell you something. That's what happens when God gives you peace, when you pursue what doesn't make sense, but you have peace about it. You go from having a good thing to having a God thing. And so, and so that's what happened, man. And, and, and I, anytime I encounter people that are experiencing anxiety or they're worried, like many of you have before, you guys have got something going on in your life right now you can put your finger on, something that you're wringing your hands about, something that you're pacing the floor about at night. You can't sleep. You haven't been eating well. You, your, your health, it seems to be declining, and you can't even understand it. There's stuff that's just, that, that is just grinding at you. You're worried and you're anxious. I tell people this verse. It's one of my favorites to give out. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't be anxious about anything because worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Some of you guys should write that down. It's not in the verse up there. I'm just saying. That's free. But seriously, don't, don't be worried about it, about anything. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. In other words, that's talking to God and telling him what you need. That's t prayer is talking to him. Petition is what you need, your request. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now watch this. Once you do that, once you take whatever it is to God and you begin to talk to him about it, the thing you're worried about, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That means human reasoning. That means whatever it is you're facing, you have peace about it, and everybody around you goes, how in the world are you so calm? Why in the world aren't you worried about this? How come you're not stressing out? Your hair is not falling out. You're eating just fine, sleeping just fine. Why aren't you stressed? It's because I have peace that this world can't give. I have God's peace. And it says that peace will transcend all understanding. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to me today. I want you to know God's peace. I want that for you. I want you to experience that, that no matter what you're facing in your life, you have God's peace. And you can have that. You can know if God's leading you one way or another by a peace that you experience that the Spirit will give you if you're willing to talk to him about it. Now, as we wrap up this series, I, I, 
I, I never like leaving a series, especially a series like this one, because I feel like we could talk about it for a really long time. I really, really enjoy teaching on God's voice because I think it's one of the most important things that we need in this day and age is to really believe and to really hear, really believe that, A, that God wants to speak to you, that he is speaking to you, and then have you hear it. Because if I can get you following the Holy Spirit, if I can get you to hear God's voice, everything in your life changes. Everything in the lives of the people around you changes because you'll begin to be obedient. You'll begin to follow that voice. But I, but I feel like we could hang out in here for a while, but I wanna give you some, some, some last thoughts as we close out this series. You know, the, seri the series title is called Frequency. And it's kind of a, it kind of means two different things. It's the frequency that we tune into. It's God's voice that we tune into that we want to hear. But frequency also speaks to how often we do something. It's the frequency in which we do something. And so, so you need to understand. I, I want to give you some thoughts on how frequently you should tune into God's frequency. All right? And my first thought on that is, is how often you should tune into God is to tune into God every single day. Listen, you, you need to find a way to connect with God's voice. And, and you can do that first and foremost through, through the, God's word. Through, by opening it up, many of you are following along in the, in the read the Bible in a year plan, and I think that's great. But, I, but I, I worry that a lot of us are following along so that we can check it off on a list and say, well, we did it. What's more important is not checking off that list. What, what's more important is taking that time to tune into God. That when you read God's word, you ask him, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me through his word? Because I promise you, if you'll ask that question as you read, if you'll open your heart to what God has to say to you in that moment, that God will speak to your heart. He'll show you something in his word that'll transform your life. It'll transform your day. And you need to tune into that. Now, back, I want to go back to our theme verse for just a second and show it to you in the message paraphrase. It says something a, a little different. It gives us a clearer picture. It says, when he gets them all out, this is the shepherd leading the sheep. He said he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. Well, how do you get familiar with somebody's voice? How does that happen in your life? Well, you spend time talking to him. You spend time talking to him throughout the day. And over time, over many days, over many months, you, you get familiar with somebody's voice. Like I know my wife's voice. I can pick it out in a crowd. If I'm out there in the foyer hanging out with you guys after service and my wife says my name, I can hear it. Like, I, like I, I know her voice. The other day I called my daughter, or called my wife and my daughter picked up the phone and she starts talking to me. And it only took one phrase before I knew that was not my wife because she doesn't sound like her. My daughter thought she was tricky though. But I, but I can tell Shanda's voice because I listened to it. And I'm here to tell you that, that I hear God's voice because I spend time with it, because I listen to him. I, I'm, I'm keyed in. I, I'm not anybody special. If you think that I hear God's voice because I'm a pastor, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. The same Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me is on the inside of you. And he'll speak to you too if you'll listen, if you'll tune in daily, if you'll spend time with God's voice You'll get familiar with it. You'll be able to pick it out of all the other voices that are around you. So tune in every day. And then I think when we, as regarding how we tune into things, I think there's also things we need to tune out. There's things that we need to tune out that oppose God. There's stuff in your life that you're watching, that you're listening to, that you're participating in, conversations that you're maybe having, 
that, that you probably ought to tune out. Tune out those things that oppose God. And I, I'm not here to tell you what those are. In fact, you'll never hear that on a Sunday morning from me. I want to teach you to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, that's his job to tell you, hey, this is something you probably ought not do. Hey, maybe you need to turn that off. Hey, hey maybe, maybe that's, that's not the way you ought to be talking. Like, n- none of that is my business. That's between you and God. And that's the way that I want it to stay. I, I want the Holy Spirit to deal with you and help you decide things that you need to tune out of. You say, well, there's some things in my life. You're like, well, Aaron, I mean, you know, I don't have a problem. I, saw, I, I, have, I have people in my life. They'll say, I don't have a problem looking at nudity. I don't have a problem with, with X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. And, and, and they think that's a plus in their column. Like, they think that, well, they're above it. They don't have a problem with it. And I'm like, well, you know, I think that's the issue, actually, is, is that maybe you should. Maybe, maybe there should be some sensitivity there. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been trying to speak to you about it because you don't think you have a problem with it. You don't deal with it. But I, I'm here to tell you that there are some things in your life that you need to tune out of. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on that. Look at John 10, 5. It says, about the sheep, it says, they won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. There's some things we need to scatter from. There's some voices in our lives that we need to run away from. So, so, so tune in, tune out. And finally, I think that we need to take steps towards what God has spoken. And there's a lot of you guys, you're like, man, I really love for God to speak. And if you were being honest with yourself, God has already spoken. There's stuff that he's told you to do. There's steps that he's made very clear to you and you haven't done them yet. And you're sitting here going, I wish God would speak to me. Let me tell you something. God may repeat what he's already told you, but he's not gonna tell you to do something new until you obey the last thing he told you to do. So some of you have steps that you need to take. And my encouragement to you is just to take them. Just take them, identify them. If you don't know what they are, ask God to identify them again because he's probably already spoken them to you at one point in time. In fact, I guarantee you, if you and I spent five minutes together, I could probably talk to you and help you identify your next. But the Holy Spirit will, will definitely be able to do that even better than I can, even quicker than I can. So take the steps he's already identified for you. Don't be just a hearer. Be somebody who will obey. Like John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In other words, they respond. Let's pray. Today in this moment, my hope for you is that, that you'll do what I've been encouraging you to do, is that, that in response to this message today, you'll say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me today? What are you talking to me about? Have you been leading me all along and I've not been able to hear you? Has it just been bad pizza and I've been pursuing something that I thought was you? Would you be willing to say, Hey, I'm struggling with some decisions. I'm, I don't have peace about it, and I need your peace. Would you be willing to say, God, help me identify godly counsel in my life? And ask God to bring clarity to what he's saying to you. Would you be willing to say, God, help me identify my next steps? Some of you, you already know that that's to get involved in a group. You know that. You know that you need to walk out of these doors and you need to step underneath the blue tent and say, I need to be in a group. Tell me what they're all about. You know that already. And you've already got some resistance to it because you've never done it or because you're nervous, because you've been hurt before. I get it. Some of you need to sign up for Growth Track to find out what God's plan and purpose for your life is. And you know that. You've resisted. But those could be your next steps. 
Others of you, your next step in this room right now is simply to say yes to Jesus, to make a decision to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. That means he's in charge. That means you let go of the way you've been doing things and commit to doing the way he tells you to do them. That doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect. You don't need to be cleaned up before you come to him and say yes. Today just is your opportunity to begin that journey. And if you're here today, know that God's not mad at you. He loves you. And he's waiting for you simply to respond to the knocking on the door of your heart today. And so if you feel that knocking today, if you're ready to respond, I'm gonna pray a prayer in a moment. And if you'd like to be included in on that prayer, would you just let me know that? I won't ask you to stand and I will not ask you to come to the front. I'm just gonna ask you to lift up your hand. And if that's you and you wanna be counted on that prayer, would you just shoot your hand up right now? Say, Aaron, that's me. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Put your hands down. We're gonna pray that prayer in church there. I want you to pray out loud with me today. There's four people taking that journey and that step today. And I think we get to celebrate with them in a moment. But everybody, let's pray together. There's no reason anybody needs to pray on their own. For those of you that have said yes to Jesus today, said, hey man, that's what I need to do. Just pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Mean it from your heart. Jesus, I believe you're God's son. And I know you want to speak to me. Today I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.